You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Snippets of Genius podcast. I'm your hostess, Caroline Kay, and today I have James Starkey on the show. James has a vision to do things a little differently in the digital marketing world with a desire to do more innovative work, change the status quo, and maintain work-life balance. He set up his scientific lab, got himself a gorgeous Black Labrador, and Black Lab Digital was born. James has a box of tricks as long as your arm, and on today's show, he's going to take us through how he went from mega frustration to mega success. Hey James, brilliant to have you on the show. Kick us off with how you left your job. I'm a bit more, I suppose, cautious than just leaving. It had been something I'd been speaking to somebody for quite a while about doing. I was a bit unfulfilled in my role. I don't think, whilst I think we were a very successful part of the business, the digital element, I don't think we were being used properly and we were split up across the business. So there's a frustration there. So this ex-colleague, he, he was sort of really saying, right, you need to go and try something new. Uh, and I had a client uh, in the works. Oh, great, James, you've raised the point of your first client. Tell us a little bit more about how you came to find that client and what happened there. So I'd worked with them at my very first agency and he I actually bumped into him and he, he said about his not concerns, but you know, he was wanting to push things forward. He didn't feel the people he was working with were the right people. I said, oh, well, come and see me at my current job. And the more I thought about it, I thought actually this could be a really good opportunity. Oh, um, amazing. I had a word separately with them. He said, yeah, we, it's actually you we're coming for. So we can deliver everything. And that kind of gave me the kickstart to really get the ball rolling. Oh, brilliant, James. It's fantastic to know how you got the ball rolling. And it just goes to show the power of your network. I always tell my clients, I even had to tell myself in the beginning, that you really have to make sure that you connect with who you know. It is not about starting with the cold leads and trying to warm them up and build up rapport and that relationship. You have an instant jump start by connecting with people you know in the industry, who know you, who know your skills and can help you get out the starting gate. Oh, 100%. I mean, if just going back to something we talked about before we started recording, that's essentially where all our business has come is through word of mouth and people we know. And that's really what has set the business off. We're now probably at a tipping point that we need to actively go out more and try and get completely cold leads and turn them into hot leads. But ultimately, we've built a business successfully over the last three years and having our network and making the most of it. That's great, James. That's some incredible insight into how you got going initially. I know that when we were talking before we started recording, you mentioned to me that there was somebody that helped give you also a little nudge to get going. Could you take us back to that and just explain those sort of very early days? The uh, ex-colleague I mentioned, we actually sat up together. He he had left his job. He he was a designer by trade, so the offer was to kind of offer digital and design services. Okay. Uh, but it just turned out we had uh, his great guy, but we had just completely different objectives. 
so after a little while I just we sort of decided very amicably to go our own way so that was after about nine months I found myself on a Monday morning sat in our we had an office my parents had like a, a an office adjacent to the house I found myself on a Monday morning sat there by myself having gone through this little split thinking right and I really need to make this work now <laughs> and yeah from there it was just like right let's consolidate and see what I've got and what, what I need to go. Luckily, uh, the client we're working with had us on a quite a healthy retainer at that time. Um, so that, that kind of really stabilised things and allowed me to go out and, again, utilise the network. So when it's just yourself and you literally have zero overheads, a little can make a lot of difference. Oh, so, yeah. you know, we'd have some clients which might be only on a couple of hundred pounds uh, worth of retainer a month or the, the work might be sporadic, but actually it was really worthwhile having those. And I was very lucky that I got offered a seat in somebody's office in the corner. Fantastic. And that really just kick-started me. And I was there for sort of a year and a half, 18 months, which it gave me a proper office environment in a town. Did that make and a big difference, do you think, to your productivity and just getting things done? Because it's hard to work from home and be a self-starter and be productive. Did you find that the environment made a big change? Yeah, I think so. And they're obviously a business themselves. So I had that kind of vibe around me. I've always been quite regimented myself in that I would always go to the office and be there from say eight till half five, six. That would be my window to just go and work really hard. But yeah, that was a big step. You know, I think he really helped progress things. And it also gave me, probably made me look a bit more professional if people came to see me. Yeah, you know, I had an yeah. office environment and the best part for about a year, it was free. I just had to repay him in wine and beer when we went to the pub. So, Oh, that's my favourite kind. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. That, that was a great kickoff point. Big jump was probably in, when was it, May or June. So I moved to our very own offices, just a few miles up the road. And Nick joined the business and then within a couple of months, we took on our first sort of employee, if you like. And how did you find Nick? How did you pick the talent, making sure you're surrounding yourself with the right support that must have been quite a challenging period so somebody talked to me about this killer sub theory so if you imagine a submarine on the surface you've only got like the important people in the conning tower and that's the only bit you sort of see and makes the business run you've got all this other stuff going on underneath so I knew I needed somebody a bit more senior so Nick's got the end of 15 17 years experience sort of with um, outbound media so Google ads and things like that and I met him by chance through a friend of a friend uh, and we just, he just got, he was asking me about what I was doing. And so I told him, and then he said he was thinking about doing it. And after we just became sort of quite friendly, had a few beers and I sort of turned around and said, look, I think you might be quite a good person to join. And that sort of kicked off about a year of, okay, well let's work it up in evenings and weekends with Nick sort of really adding his expertise in and being able to kind of justify his role so when he joined in June he was able to sort of hit the ground running there was no sort of work up to that point it was great yeah he was good so Nick's actually come in as a director of the business with um, a small share which he can build I'll always kind of feel like be the head honcho but I knew I needed somebody that was going to going to partner with me you talked a little bit about how you knew what you didn't want it to be okay so you didn't want this big bloated machine lots of things draining off it you talked a little bit about the submarine. What do you call that again? I love that analogy. The killer attack submarine. The killer attack submarine. I think that needs yeah. to be on every person's business plan. I love that. <laughs> but okay, so now you're making your goals and your vision and you're thinking you want people to join the team and you're going to have people in that tower with you. But what were your goals? What I realized I was doing far too much doing on the business. So I needed to spread that out. So whilst Nick and I that's the long-term plan is for us to do less of the doing more working on the business we're still doing a lot of that but it's halved at this point point. Yeah. Um, 
so what we have identified is we really need help with that strategy. So we've actually brought a third party consultant in, if you like, in a non-exec director role to almost to have someone to answer to and to help drive that strategy. It's hard when you're on it, as you know, every day, when you've got somebody from the outside going, right, where are you with this? How, how about we approach something this way? I think yeah. that's a really valuable thing to have. And, it, you know, obviously we pay for that, but it's, I've, I'm just so glad we've, we've kind of taken that leap. Wonderful. It sounds like you're going on leaps and bounds. What is it that makes you guys shine? Yeah, and it's a really interesting question. When we first started, we tried to be all things to all men. And again, that's probably based on my agency background. The whole business model is that we'll develop the strategy for clients, but we don't actually deliver everything in-house. We have a, a series of partners, if you like, freelancers, that we bring in for the specific tasks. So for the last few years, we've been working with a company called Bull Brand, and they've always supplied to sort of big box retailers. Good-sized business, but they're not big enough that they have their own marketing department or team. So we've taken their e-commerce shop that we launched two and a half years ago from, I think we started off doing two, three thousand pounds a month our total revenue it's now to doing over 70 wow 70,000 a month from 2000 that uplift mm-hmm. is amazing and then come on where was the bit where you worked your magic then the clients almost as much to sort of give the credit to for the success in that they've let us get on with it so to speak they've let us drive the strategy they've, they've kind of said this isn't what we do it's what you do get on and make it work so oh, reg- dream client <laughs> yeah, dream. yeah they're lovely just tell us a little bit about how black lab digital came to be yeah sure so i was i was previously in the agency world and i was just not convinced it was the the right model i would see colleagues selling in things we didn't do or we didn't know how to do so the reason black lab came to be was that i thought why not when you need to have specific people for specific projects can't you bring them in and if you look at an industry like the building trade that when they're doing a housing development or something like that they bring in the right joiners or the right stonemasons or things like that so I thought why is marketing any different well brilliant well I suppose we've talked a little bit about some of your successes but I think there's got to have been some nightmares along the way some of those moments where you've woken up in the middle of the night or you've just had what I like to call the oh shit moment is there <laughs> any, anyone in particular that stands out in your mind that you want to share Probably the main one that comes to mind is it was actually just bringing Nick into the business. Um, <laughs> I just yeah. picked him up and now, no, let's go. <laughs> yeah. no, nothing to do with him. It was just more, I was probably quite comfortable working by myself. I'd worked myself for sort of two and a bit years. I think bringing him into the business, I had to A, change kind of how I worked because I had somebody to A, bounce ideas off and B, share the workload. But also it was a financial commitment. And at the same time, we'd taken on the office and obviously with the office comes all your utilities, internet and everything like that. So going from a business that had very low overheads to then adding these overheads and sort of concerns onto the business, that was probably like, right, this is real. This is <laughs> kind of make all this work now we've signed up to this nice office we've got nick he's got a family he needs to support them right yeah yeah the Put reality the really kicks in <laughs> definitely <laughs> how did you get through that though at that moment of oh my god this is really real i'm gonna about you know pay somebody a salary all these overheads now how do you how did you get through that how did you move through the fear and get yourself to a position where you are now it's a good question i think for me it's just you've just got to back yourself you've you've made it this far or you've you've made decided to make the jump so you just you've got no choice you kind of <laughs> up to your knees you might as well go up to your waist um, 
<laughs> Water up to your knees. I love that. Get it up to the waist. As long as you don't get no, to the neck. I think we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think part of you, you can't dwell on things. So if you do, you're just going to sit there and worry. So part of it is you've just got to get your head down and just keep moving the ball forward one step at a time. I and love that. There. Yeah, absolutely. In all seriousness, it is about just, you know, push yourself forward. You've got this far. You can do it. Look at all the successes that you've had and just go, okay, let's wade in a bit deeper to go with your analogy. And just, you know, we will come out the other side. And it sounds like you are and it's really working. So tell us a bit about, you know, what success really means to you. A big thing I'm trying to really now we've got more people in the business is lifestyle. You know, agencies renowned for working stupid hours and my experience of those stupid hours were most of them could have been mitigated yeah. through either poor planning, poor preparation. Don't yeah. get me wrong, we still have some long days. But if you're living a lifestyle that is the one you want to live in terms of having a good work-life home balance, I think that's massively important. What would you say is your biggest success? I think the success I take away from it is that we've just survived and we've, we've grown. I think that's what I feel most proud about it. A bit more than survive. <laughs> You've waded in and then you went and got a submarine. I mean, you just made sure it was all working. I love that. <laughs> and if you had one piece of advice that you could give to somebody else looking to set up their own business, who's maybe sitting in that office right now thinking, yeah, I know I need to do it. What kind of advice would you give them? I've actually got two. The first one's really short. It's JFDI and it's just fucking do it. <laughs> If, if you've got an idea and you think it can work and you essentially, you just need to live. So what do you need to live? And don't get me wrong, I first started, I had a few months, maybe five, six months where I took very little money home, you know, literally just enough to pay the mortgage and that left me with nothing. And then uh, you survive, you go to those tough points. But that actually leads nicely onto my main point and this cash is king. I've been really careful to keep as much money in the business as possible. I think it's tempting. You see all this money coming in and building up in your bank account and you think, right, oh, I can pay myself a little bit more. And actually I've not done that. I've kind of said, what do I need to live and kind of enjoy myself? But at the same time, how much can I keep in the business? Which has meant that when people haven't paid us, you know, we've had a bad debt or we've maybe had a quiet month, we've been able to keep on going. Wonderful. Oh, well, I think great things will be coming your way. And thanks so much for joining us on the show today, James. It's been great. Thanks for listening to Snippets of Genius. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help other people find it, I would really appreciate you taking a moment to rate or leave a review. And if you know someone who wants to start their own business, why not share it with them? And to find out more about how I help people start and scale, visit www.carolineK.co. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.